one episode 313 of h of the show wow we're traveling around the world and we're in canada right now with marcy how's it going nice i'm good car. brother you where yes. are you guys? not really it's not a nice car i don't like <laughs> it's, it's a mazda <laughs> All right, I'm uh, Mas- leaving a review right now on, on the podcast. <laughs> like, don't get a mask. The shit I say in my raps is real. I said on Revolutionary Suicide, I said now I'm rolling around in a CX5, but I still got my soul. So it is what it is. Uh, uh, well, amazing. Well, it's nice to join you. I'm in uh, Los Angeles. And nice. you almost Lebanon. forgot you were in <laughs> And I was going to say, yeah, I, uh, our, first, our first female host is joining us today. So. Heck yeah. Thanks for joining on the show, Aya. Hello, everyone. Applause. So it's and... a, it's, is it still A squared or it's A triple? We got to figure out, we gotta figure out the, the, the lettering right now, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. A squared S right a two now. And friends, apparently. <laughs> a, two, <laughs> a two and friends, apparently, right now. Uh, all right. So, Nars, you're a um, rapper, uh, actor, uh, voice actor. Uh, what's your favorite thing to do? I mean, you know... <laughs> they all they all they're all kind of they all come with their their gifts and their curses i love acting but i love directing more, more than anything i think behind being behind the camera and being able to like turn ideas into into full-fledged visions and i love directing with a budget so that's really my that's really my passion um but all Ali the other relate with you on that yeah, Directing with a budget other, as opposed yeah, to directing without a no budget, budget shit. <laughs> yeah, um, right. but, on all, but all the other you know audio based work uh, it, it has its moments for sure I, I love creating music and being like in the studio in the moment that's something really magical when it hits and it's irreplaceable with anything else because it's not something you can touch or see it's something you feel you know so I would say it's tied between directing video and, and recording music oh wow all right. Well, now you have to choose one, Nars. <laughs> if you could only I'm a Gemini. One. I'm a Gemini, so I'm always going to choose two. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, filmmaking is awesome because, I mean, you create something and you get to watch it with people and it's an awesome experience. But then also music's awesome because you also get to listen and more people can listen to it and as they're driving, listen to it. Uh, what, what, what affects you more, music or films? Man, you know, ever since everything has gone like digital, I haven't been watching as many movies. Obviously, films are very immersive, and I, I used to love the cinema experience, but I haven't been to the movie theater in like two years. So, music has has taken a has taken a front seat to a lot of things because when I go for my walks, which are all I had for like a year, um, uh, it was the music that carried me through through the pandemic. So, I'd have to say music, bro. Wow. Well, final answer. Um, it's it's wild because movies, like you said, you haven't been to movie theater in two years. Well, COVID's only been around for one year. So where were you? Where were you? Before. He was preparing. He was preparing for one year. <laughs> the, last time, the last time I went to the movies, I don't even remember what fucking movie I watched last time I went to the movies. Like it was that long ago. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, mm-hmm. But, but I mean, I hadn't been for a little bit before uh, the pandemic hit. And I don't remember going before it hit because I was in Dubai in December. 
And then January, February, March, I was in Canada. Unless there was some like Peter Rabbit shit or something, I went to with my kids. <laughs> I don't, I don't recall, I don't recall being in a movie theater. So, part two came out as well. <laughs> part, part two just came yeah, out. Yeah, I haven't seen part two yet. <laughs> so, um, as a as a like a filmmaker, um, do you think that like it's not translating too well to the digital world films? Why? No, why, I, yeah. No, I just, I just feel like. At home, I do. I've been at home for like a year, so uh, it's hard for me to get immersed in a film. I mean, I've watched some pretty interesting films throughout the pandemic for sure. Um, first of all, I don't see myself as a filmmaker. I make I make videos. I haven't gotten to the film part, <laughs> but I've, I've been watching TV shows a lot more, and and like because they're like shorter, my attention span is kind of shot. <laughs> and and and, it, and it's like a it, it, you know there's like an arc and I can take breaks and think about what I just watched and um, the last movie I watched at home was uh, the man who sold his skin. Oh, wow. I don't know if you guys have seen that. No, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing, amazing Tunisian film or a film by a Tunisian director wow. about a Syrian refugee who becomes an art project. Super interesting film. Oh, and then before good. that, I mm -hmm. before that I watched Elie Sleiman's. Uh, I think it's called What About Heaven. So like I take long breaks now between films because I watch I watch a lot of superhero shit. So I've been watching like WandaVision, and then now I'm watching Low Key. Low Key, uh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm just, I watch that. Yeah. I've been more nice. into TV than film. Yeah. All right. Do you ever see yourself going into that field, like? Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Or short films. Okay. No, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's where I'm. That's where I'm hoping to go. I mean, it's not an easy game to break into and to get uh, get funded for. But I'm 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 hopefully working on something that that will. You know, um, yeah. I, it's definitely one of my dreams. I've always had the dream to like do one thing, one form of every medium very well, mm -hmm. and, and like I'm at the point now where I want to do some TV or film stuff. You know. All right. And uh, so speaking about a dream, because you you want like you've performed live in music and performed to a lot of people. Um, what was that a dream that came true for you? And you felt like, all right, I can move on to the next dream now. How'd that feel for you? Uh, yeah, you know, with, with rap, I, w when I was really young, I, I got into hip hop and I was like, I want to get a deal. I want to be big. I want to like fill up stadiums. But then as I traveled through the music industry i realized more and more how like um there are no voices that are as publicly outspoken as i am about our community and what we go through that have broken through um in the direction that i took you know i went head first and, and i'm iraqi so like when i got in the rap game when i was 18 19 20 the 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 war was happening after 9 11 and it was like you know i had I had a choice, but I, I couldn't fake the funk. It was how I was feeling. So the music was very political. And we broke through to a lot of people. And, I, and throughout my career, I've kind of shifted to a more artistic presentation of our culture. Um, and all the deals that came to me just didn't make sense. It was, I, I wasn't willing to, for lack of better words, sell my, sell my soul, you know, yeah. like, uh, it, you know, it's wow. not like a thing where the devil's in the room, but like you have to make a decision whether you're going to take another man's money and and uh, and be in debt to somebody or you want to just continue on an independent route. And I went independent 
and I and I did it. I've done everything I I I dreamt of doing. There's so much more I can do, but I'm very satisfied with what I've achieved with music uh, as an independent artist. You know, I've connected with the the people that I grew up listening to. I've worked with them. I've made videos with them. I've made songs with them. I've hung out with them. Become friends with them. So like, what you know. It would be great to perform in front of a stadium, and and I can do it. But I'm I don't want to be famous either, like that. Like I'm not looking to be a, a somebody that is like you know like a, a an idolatry form of human. Like I'm not down with any of that. So I'm good. I think music I'll keep doing and I'll keep pursuing and and doing it to do it. And you know, I, I think I'm good at it. But I I want to do bigger things. Like I I think. We have mm. a job as Arab creatives to tell our story the way we want it told. And if we sit around and just keep pointing fingers and say like they're not doing it right, why are they talking about us like that? Then we're not going to win. We have to do it. So that's yes, really yeah. my mission in the next ten years. You know, literally, that's and it's also mission. part of our mission also that we have to do it ourselves and create our own content and create our own culture because otherwise we're just going to take other people's culture and. For a place with a lot of, you know, wealth and success, we should be able to invest in independent creators and artists and help them because they create the world and the culture and life. <laughs> yeah, and you you also yeah. have to be aware that the money in our region is not it's not free of um, uh, like what's the word like the the intention with the money being funded in films is not necessarily a cultural intention at the moment in 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 the Arab world. So like some of it is, but some of it is just to position itself within the Hollywood uh, market. So until we're at a point where our people are like, you know what we need we need the Palestine film. We need to tell the Iraq story from the perspective of the Iraqi. We need to you know from the perspective of an Iraqi kid or like a normal Iraqi person until the money is being funneled into the right places. We're not going to be telling our story. Like if we keep funding American films about the war and letting them shoot on our, on our right. lands, then we're not going to get anywhere. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. What do you think about the misrepresentation in Hollywood of Arabs, for example? So like we, we are always misrepresented. Our, our cultures misrepresented our cities and, like they give the the wrong image. For example, there's, so I'm Lebanese. Uh, we're Lebanese here, and uh, they've shown Beirut many times as like a desert or like a slum <laughs> in the oh series or Have movies. You, I, did you guys like. watch? Did you guys watch the John Ham one? I haven't watched that one. Beirut. One right, John Ham. I've not seen that. <laughs> no. I don't even want to watch it. I don't even want to watch. I mean, it's yeah, but there's a lot of it's these. It's not surprising. It's not surprising, bro. When you sit in a room with white executives or white producers who like <laughs> uh, when they think Arab world or, or Middle East or whatever they want to call it or Swana or ABCDAFG, whatever you want to call it, uh, you, 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 they hear the, they hear the flutes. You, you, you feel me? Yeah. They hear like the flutes and the snake and it's like all one thing for them. <laughs> Aladdin, not, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's not. And this is not new. This mm. is what, this is what aided countries and in, 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 in uh, invading our countries and, and, and occupying our countries. It allowed them that space because culturally they created the narrative that allowed them to break through. So, you know, in the words of Edward Said, like it's, it's a true Orientalist mission and, and Hollywood 
is a direct reflection of power. So whatever is being sold to you is either a projection into the future or something they want you to believe now. You know, during the Iraq war, there were movies that were being made about the Iraq war. During the war in Afghanistan, there were so that the narrative is controlled by the people that are invading, not the people that are being invaded. And obviously, they got the money, they got the power, they got the bombs. So I think, again, like, we can keep, we can target that and like people like Riz or people like uh, uh, Rami and May and Amir Suleiman and everybody that's working in that world, writing, uh, rewriting those stories is very important. But, yeah. but again, I, I, we, we can point the finger, but while we're pointing the finger, we got to use the other finger and write. Like we can't just sit around and think if they're going to change. They're not going to change. They haven't changed. You know what I'm no, saying? They're still out there destroying the world, you know? Yeah. Now, you also mentioned uh, how Edward Said uh, coined the term uh, the Orient, gave us um, the, the term the Orient. And I feel like the West also still misuses that word. Like they just throw it upon anyone who speaks Arabic and it's just like and like classifies us like as a like a, not on the same level. They look down upon the Orient. So I feel like it, it was it was turned against us in a sense when they I when mean, they the speak about the Orient. I mean, Orientalism has always been a, a, a form of control, bro. It's always been, a, a you know, when Edward Said coined <laughs> the term, he coined it He coined it in terms of how people like Delacroix painted paintings of ancient slave markets that were in the Arab world, but left everything out the frame. So when they came back to the West with these paintings, it gave a one-sided view of that world. And that is the that is the seed that grew into the root that grew into the tree of our representation now here so yeah it's never had a positive intention because they were always co colonial in their approach of physically ent entering a space but also colonial in their mind state like think about it this way the, the west was built upon taking land it was built upon taking up space Capitalism is built upon taking up as much space as you can, including An exploitation like in, of labor. Yeah, including including in the in the digital space. The more digital space yeah. you take up, the more followers you have, the more views you get, the more it's all about like expanding, right? So their intention was never like let's share everything. It was always let's take everything so it's ours, so we're bigger than everyone. Um, I mean, they still do that, you know, like yeah, they, of course, the concept of colonialism. I mean, look, look at the U.S. They, they're everywhere, like in mm -hmm. every country. They, they almost every country in the world. They have a military. They have at least one military base. So yeah, man. I mean, look at like, look at look at Palestine, bro. Like colonization never stopped. It just it just rebranded. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. A rebranding for the like new colonialism. So yeah. yeah, just a new way of taking over and uh, try, uh, forcing their uh, forcing their ideologies upon the world especially for example when they went into when they go into Afghanistan and it's like we're trying to spread democracy and stuff but like I don't yeah, think I people mean, want I mean, you to bro, spread democracy that way but also bro they've been lying to themselves forever like we I yeah. live in I live in Canada you know Ali is in the states but Right. In Canada, they tell you we live on this land, it's sovereign, we, we are a cultural melting pot. And yeah, sure, we can live in peace and it's great and, and we have all this opportunity, but it's stolen. It's a stolen land. The only difference is it wasn't done on film. So you can't really, 
you know, but yeah. look at look at look at how God works. Look at how Allah works. Like more recently, they dug up 215 bodies of indigenous children from under a church here that was a residential school here in Canada. So these histories, you can hide them, but you can't delete them. They're going to come out the earth one day. So now all these things are being unearthed and apology is not enough. There is no justice for the injustice that was done to all indigenous people of the world. So I think we have to stop thinking that they're going to change. They're not going to change. They're already they're already in the position they're in because they haven't changed. They control everything. So we just got to work and keep our heads down and do the work, like do the work. No, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wait, question. Yes. Yeah, I have a question on that point. So you mentioned how the okay, so how they uncovered those in, indigenous bodies, and obviously, um, Western countries have done wrong to indigenous uh, communities around the world. But right now, like for example, let's say a descendant of those uh, of those colonialists, how how are they supposed to you know right the wrongs of their ancestors? Like in in your in your opinion, what would you say? fall like fall back stand with the people yeah. you know like you have an opportunity to right the wrong by apologies are not enough stand back and stand with the people protest with us when we're out in the streets saying islamophobia is real a family just got run over by a car on purpose because they were muslim don't protect the driver, protect the family, stand with the people, say enough is enough. Like, that's what we need. We need a mass of people, you know, that don't benefit anymore from the structure because it's destroying the world. So, like, it's, it's hard to let people to tell people to let go of their privilege or to be aware of their privilege. When they aren't in the lineage of of uh exploitation like my people were in the lineage of exploitation so i'm able to be self-aware enough to say oh shit, i can't do that because that's exploitative of black culture or exploitative of um indigenous culture i have a self-awareness that comes with the exploitation when you're not an exploited people yeah you look they talk about generational trauma right like people have generational trauma in our uh, like we carry our grandfathers and grand grandmothers and grandfathers. Definitely great, in the Middle great. East. Definitely we carry East, their, yeah. we carry their, like the mm -hmm. trauma that they felt, the shock that they felt went into their DNA and we carry it. So, um, somebody that hasn't experienced that kind of trauma won't understand because they're on the other side of the coin. So like brainwash is one thing, but it's like spiritual wash. People need to wake the fuck up and realize the, the, <laughs> the, the, the the world was done so wrong. Indigenous people all over the world were done so wrong. And right now, we are watching on Instagram the live destruction of an indigenous people in Palestine, yet it, uh, it it's able to trend and like, you know, and, and that's the fault of the platforms, the fault of the way that we function cyclically, mentally right now, but also the fault of our people because they censor and shadow ban our own people in our region to speak about these things. So like, there's a lot of work to do, bro. You know, so at the end of the day, if we don't keep our heads down and stand together, then they're gonna win. They're gonna be able to split us apart again, you know? Yeah, this yeah, podcast is so woke. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is blowing my mind as we speak. 
Um, I do think. Um, Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a older, I'm an older statesman. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of fed up, bro. Yep, yep. <laughs> love, love to hear. It. I do think, yeah, like a lot of them. When you were saying, side how, like, how can people who have been wrong, um, like, write themselves or convince people that their story, you know, is different from everyone else? I think film and music and culture is one of the. M- amazing ways you can watch a movie and then get someone else's point of view get someone else's perspective and you can just yeah, click man, like I, that I, d- I dare yeah. a billionaire Arab to fund a 1948 Philistine movie I dare them They, they're, you know what I mean but people are too afraid they're too attached to their bank accounts they're too they're too afraid to take a risk but you know what that would do for our children to be able to tell the story for them visually so that it becomes a part of the lexicon of our visual culture for a long yeah. time we've been left out of our visual culture or we've been told who we are in our visual culture you know and i think now is now is the time more than ever to to take those risks and if if governments aren't going to take those risks and cultural entities attached to governments are not going to take those risks then us us as creatives have to take those risks you know would you do a movie like uh, about the nakba i'd watch it would I would I direct it? I wouldn't direct it. I I, I would mm. want a Palestinian to direct it. Um mm, right. But I would I would definitely like want to help however 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 I can. You know what I mean? Like uh Yeah. I I think it's very important again to be, you know, culturally aware of uh of who and what and how it's being said, you know. I would definitely get involved in a in a film about Iraq 100% from the perspective of somebody in the West, an Iraqi in the West, or an Iraqi in Iraq, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that would be where I would sit, you know, in the right place. But a Palestinian should tell that story. And there's many, many Palestinian directors, male yes. or female, that, that would murder it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and what kind of message, would, for the perspective of Iraq, what, what kind of message would you want to share to the Western culture? I mean, just that one of the greatest injustices of our generation is the the pillaging of Iraq. There's a deeper there's a deeper reason than that than oil and and all that cute shit that people always you know, which is real. It's like economic, but there's a deeper spiritual and 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 historical reason why Iraq was flattened by America because that history is one of the richest histories in the world, and they want people to forget it, including. Uh, people in the region would want people to forget Iraq's history. So, uh, Why would I would say that because we're, we're the old Arabs. Yeah. You know, like our, again, our story was not told for us. So, uh, the world benefits from the destruction of Iraq. The world benefits from the destruction of Palestine. The world benefits from the destruction of Lebanon, but you know, and by the world, I mean, yeah. people who are, in power who who enjoy power you know i think like had someone been i'm not going to say anybody in power can be selfless but had someone known the 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 positive side of power in 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 the grand scheme of life like knowing that nothing is permanent if you use that power to strengthen a people then we would be in a lot in a in a much better place right now So uh, to answer your question, a film about Iraq, uh, 
I would just uh, just a human story about a, an Iraqi family that suffered due to the war and 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 survived and and made it through, you know, and show the invasion of Iraq from the perspective of a family that got invaded, not the invader coming in to invade the land, you know. Yeah, yeah, we definitely watched too many movies of from the invasion side, you know. And there, a lot of them have have you know won awards and like gone crazy. Of course, the first one that comes to my mind is like Black Hawk Down, but I think that was in I'm not sure if it was in Iraq or Afghanistan. I think that was like uh, Afghanistan or Sudan. But again, yeah. like yeah, of course they win awards because because the the colonizer always applauds himself. You know, look yeah. at me, look at look at my achievements, look at how beautiful this destruction is. There's a scene in Iron Man One where he he's standing. And there, there's a mountain behind him, and he drops one of his bombs, and he's like, "Everybody, clap for me." That's America, you know. Like, look at my prowess, look at my strength. That's the whole world, really. But America, in general, that's the way they do it. They, they wash their hands. One hand washes the other. Let's make a movie about it and put that in the file. Let's move on. Who are we invading next? That's always been the history, you know. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, man. Take sure a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. Save your environment. Uh, I agree with you. On, I agree with I you on the point of like eliminating uh, a community's history. Let's mm. people. Let's the. Let's people in general around the world forget about these people. Like so, like what we what we see with the Palestine right now. You know, like they're trying to completely remove the the history. They're they're basically yeah, their they story. Make, they make it about the moment. Yeah. yeah, they make it so about the like, moment, so you forget about what happened in the past. Exactly, you know? exactly. They're like, like, forget about what we did. Look at what we're doing now, and even now they keep like trying to make it seem like it's it's all good and nice, and well, we're trying to be nice to them. Like recently, they gave them those uh, the the COVID vaccines, but that were expired, and they're like in the U.S. They're project they're presenting it as the image as. Palestine is rejecting these vaccines. The Palestinian Authority is rejecting the vaccines, but they rejected them because they're expired. They forgot to mention that they were expired. So, yeah. yeah. Listen, man, it's, it's it's free Palestine till the end. Free yes. Palestine until Palestine is free. People need to know that, recognize that, and stop sleeping on that, man. Yeah. You know. Honestly, yeah. so, wake the fuck up, everyone. <laughs> fuck <right>? up. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. have Do you have hope for the future? Do you think things are gonna change for the better with um, or you think it's just gonna go more south? I I I mean, listen. I I don't like projecting. I I don't. You know, I have to have hope because I have kids. You know, mm-hmm. I can't I can't get lost in despair. Uh, I can have <laughs> yeah. I can have moments of despair, <laughs> but I got I gotta I gotta raise these kids, bro. So right. um, I do have hope when I see them. And, and as corny mm-hmm. as it sounds, like I, you know you. The, and, and, and the world takes away your innocence. You know, I was an innocent child once and we were all innocent kids at one point and then we played Mortal Kombat and that shit went right out the window. So, <laughs> like, um, I have hope. I do, I do believe that we will have some semblance of um, legislative justice for what, what's happening in Palestine at some point, maybe not in my lifetime, maybe in my children's lifetime, but I do have hope, you know, uh, and, it, and it's what keeps me going, you know? I have uh, faith. I don't have hope, I have faith. Yeah. All right, and um, 
I mean, <laughs> something actually, yeah, uh, something that I want to go into is maybe it's a bit okay, a bit off topic what we were talking to is, but I know that you were a, a voice actor on the Sid Meier Civilization Five, uh, <laughs> yeah, a video game. Like, how, how did you go into video games? <laughs> I know this is a bit of way I was gonna, topic, I was gonna I ask that to make a love I gotta know. I live in I live in Montreal. Montreal right. is a very artistic city. You know, we 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 birthed some of like the greatest DJs, some of the greatest producers, amazing actors, uh, and the yeah. video game industry is very big here. Um, you know, Ubisoft is based out of here. Uh, wow. Warner Brothers is based out of here. Um, there's a bunch of electronic arts has an office here, so a lot of a lot of video games are made here. Um, and I, I had an agent at the time, and she got me an audition. I was like, "What the fuck is civilized?" I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> My childhood uh, game, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, they asked me, they asked me to play this character, and I ended up being Darius. And then I, I and then after that, because I did a good job at it, I got a. Uh, I got a Assassin's Creed Origins. I mean, I'm all over that game. So if you play, if you play Assassin's Creed Origins, I'm like the the Black Pharaoh slaves. I'm like a bunch of people in the markets. I help you like find certain people and carry corpses and shit like that. So <laughs> you, I'm in like four or five. I'm four or five different characters in that game as well. Yeah, I have played wow. that game. And, That's amazing and for I us. played the uh, Civilization. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, so they put you as Darius? The Iranian yeah. king. <laughs> yeah, because there was Darius and there was Harun Rashid, and me and my boy uh, both went and auditioned, and he got Harun Rashid, and I got Darius. So it was a. Good, I mean, listen, I li I like learning from my acting gigs. So like, I had to learn this form of Aramaic, you know, language that was like uh, uh, I don't know if it was made up or if, or if it's real, but it was very interesting to like use the Arabic intonation but not be speaking Arabic directly oh, right. um so it was a very fun experience i love voice acting I, I i mean one of my dreams is to voice like a cartoon character one day so inshallah you know inshallah, that sounds awesome all right sounds good and about assassin's creed can you tell us more about how that experience <laughs> went for you same yeah. same i went for an audition yeah. and I signed an NDA at the time and I came in and I just read a bunch of shit like they just kept <laughs> I, I, I did like I did like five or six sessions and uh, and uh, and then I just you know you leave it you don't, they don't tell you what the game is they don't tell you what the context is but I figured out as I was going that this was Assassin's Creed just from some of the because it was in English so from some of the the context and then I researched what Assassin's Creed was coming out and I was like oh okay this is the game that I'm in and then eventually it came out and uh, I don't I don't have the patience to play those long ass games but like <laughs> uh, yeah it's a very very long game <laughs> yeah but like I, I I my friend my cousin or my friend was like yo I played the game I bugged out it was like two in the morning and I heard your voice I thought I was tripping <laughs> so I, I asked him and you know with, with YouTube like full gameplay is online so I asked him like what part of the game was I in and he found it for me on YouTube and sent it to me so I have all I had all that shit up on IG but I archived my IG so I have it there I can send it to you guys if you want to insert here oh please insert here <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. amazing alright yeah that'll be sick yeah um uh, that sounds good. So, are you still making music uh, at all right now? Or are you focusing on? Films? Yeah, I mean, 
I just put out an EP a couple of months ago with with Thanks Joey. I put out a meme against the world, which is like a, a, a short EP about the internet and and like my, you know being on the internet for a year straight, um, and just like just the fucked up thoughts that you have being trapped in the web in the matrix. And then um, I while doing that, I've, I've been working on my Rockefeller album, which is done now, which is kind of like. I won't say it's my last album, but it's like my first last album, like in the sense that I really told my story. Um, and and it's not like my most personal record, but it, it's like my most rounded project that I've done. You know, uh, it deals with a lot of my experience of 20 years in the music game, being a Rockefeller, what that means. Um, I have a song with my two kids on it. I have a. Uh, um some like super rap shit and some i'm very into r&b music so some like more r&b like you know broken hearted lover type shit so it's like nice if you take all my projects this rockefeller album is is like the culmination of all my work so that's going to be coming out slowly with videos over the course of the next little while and then while i'm working on these larger projects you know wow can't wait that sounds uh, awesome and exciting i want to know about uh last um, you were, you wrote about the internet and you've been in the music industry for, you said, more than 20 years now. So you've, you came with, I mean, with the wave of the internet, right? The past 20 years. How have you seen the internet change throughout the years and with you as oh, a man. music artist and how have you had to adapt to all of it? And what do you think about it now? I, I yeah. mean, when I started, when I started, bro, we were, we were slanging CDs and like we were grinding to make websites. Like it was a fucking difficult thing to make a website when I started making music. Um, and it's changed a lot. I mean, the idea with streaming, the way my music really popped off was on Napster. Like one of my songs leaked on Napster and, and it, uh, it went around and like people stole it and made it theirs. And then it got in, a, it was in a documentary. And like, I was like, what? So like the internet took my work and then I, I reined it all back and, and started like controlling my career online. So it's very different you know i don't i don't enjoy the numbers game it's not like uh i don't enjoy putting my music out on the internet only you know i really like physical product which is why i do like limited edition vinyls or or yeah. tapes or cds i still do or comic books or books mm -hmm. like i do things that are attached to the music that that i enjoy um and i, I the, the best part of music is performing and that's not online like i refuse to do online shows during the pandemic, I hated that shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, it's definitely changed, it's definitely changed my career, but it's also given me a form of income that I would have never imagined before. It's like its own machine. It just gives you money every month. So <laughs> it's, it's great, man, it's great. By the way, something that you mentioned uh, earlier was that people, like there are some artists that originally go into the music business to make, for fame and money. But then eventually they find out that it's not all about that. There's, it's not all about that. Like there becomes a mission behind, like they develop a cause or some mission for themselves. Um, what did, what did it take for you to do that? Or like in general, what does it take for someone to notice that it's not only about the fame and the money? Like there's something I, more. I mean, for, I mean, for me, it was always a, it was always a creative outlet first and, and a spiritual experience. And then a cultural mission second, 
and then a financial um a financial gain third you know i i've been blessed again to have the path that i had to to develop the respect that i may have built amongst people from my community um and have and have not there's two ways of going about it you go about it with a capitalist intent at first and then you go back if you want to go back and do the cultural work or you do the cultural work and the money catches up and I, i've always unconsciously done the cultural work first you know it wasn't yeah. like i it wasn't like i was like i want to be broke i want to do this for the culture I, it just uh it was the way that my heart my heart pushed me into it and i've always followed my heart you know so that's um, amazing i think every person has yeah. their own journey bro there's no one way to dictate and there's no judgment like there's no judgment upon what people do it for let people do it for whatever they want to do it for but when artists say no it's not up to me it's up to the parents to raise their children that's bullshit artists have a huge responsibility in their work and if you're out there spreading negativity then that energy is going to come back into your life you know so yeah wow <laughs> deep so you think uh, artists should take more responsibility about what about their work like how it influences people oh yeah i mean that, in my opinion yes you know mm. you you there's no like there's no need to censor yourself or you know you mm -hmm. do what you got to do you do what you want to do but don't deny that there's a responsibility in your work there is that, that's uh, that's undeniable you know and if you deny it then you're lying to yourself first and then you're lying to your audience second like Eminem I remember going up listening to Eminem and never made me want to like kill my mother or like do mescaline and and you know trip balls and shit like that never made me want to do that because yeah i had a strong family structure that raised me uh prior to listening to eminem right but if people lack that family structure or lack that empathy around them or that love around them and you introduce them to these things um you know it might be hindrance to them so yeah it's, it, there's a thin line just got to take responsibility for your own actions bro you know and and creating music is an action so if you don't take responsibility for your actions that's on you but then again there's an entire corporate structure and capitalist structure that benefits off the destruction of humanity which is a direct extension of the things <laughs> we were talking about i'm not trying to get too deep but it's the truth record labels are just an extension of the power structure that exists so record labels are not good they're not good places the record industry is not a good place for the spirit so obviously it's going to say murder 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 kill 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 that's going to make dollar 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 let's do it you know it's it's benefits the structure but what's about what is it about the the record labels that that that's just so evil that benefits the the people in power what it's is it doing exactly it's exploitative and it's the artists also Tell yeah. me one record label that gives its gives its artists therapy. You know, therapy to deal with the traumas they had before they got famous or what they developed after they got famous. Tell me one record label that's intention is to give the artists their masters for them to own their own thoughts and their own ideas and their creative output. I mean, Tell if you me really one, think about 
if we really think about it, it's not only record labels, it's it's most corporations. Yeah, of course, like, which is what I'm saying to you. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's, a it's a direct uh, representation of the structure. But if we're talking about music directly, again, those are two examples. Give me another example. How many record labels record labels have invested back into the hoods where they where they get their artists from? How many record mm -hmm. labels have invested in strengthening those communities, whether they be black, brown, Asian communities that they milk to make money where they get, they keep 80% of the profits of that artist's revenue? How many mm -hmm. record labels have rethought the structure of a record deal? You know, they haven't. So there the are out there are outliers in the in record industry. I'm not saying everyone that's in the industry is evil. But yeah, that yeah. structure is not meant to benefit people. It's meant to benefit the structure, you know? True. So do you think like the artist should, should be independent? Oh, man. That's, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, independent life is not easy either. So it's, it's a case by <laughs> What are you going to do? <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would never... I would never um, mm. My suggestion would be independent. Own your own shit. I own all my own publishing. I clear I clear the samples that I use, and and split it with artists fairly. Like I don't I don't I don't screw anybody over. I pay musicians, I pay vocalists, and I do all of this for my own music. It's a lot of work, but learning it has taught me the value of my own work and the value of other people's work. So, mm -hmm. I would say yes if it's something you can do and you can afford to do, and you're willing to struggle for years then yes. But if it's an immediate need for money to survive and to keep a roof over your head, then that's a whole different, you know, I, I can't impose that upon anybody. You know? but, but that's the thing with the, with most artists, with most artists is like, they want to basically get over the poverty line, like and make, make some money so that they can feed their families, get them, get them a house. So they have to sign these record labels because like, it's the only opportunity they receive at the time. Yeah. So I mean that that's why I say it's a case by case basis. You can't yeah. really you can't really I can't really judge. Yeah, but I then they but then they reach a point where they're like okay, like th they're having, you know, problems with their contracts and they're they're like, you know, wow, these record labels are terrible and they hate them. But like and you, this is a situation this is the situation you got. I mean, the other th the other opportunity is to become independent. Yeah, so, I mean I mean, listen, regardless with music it's long game like it's a long game right so yeah people get in just like with, too often they yeah and, and sometimes yeah. you think immediate like i need i need a million dollars right now <clears throat> you know but that million dollars has a lot of strings so in the in the long run i never wanted to be in debt to to, to any you know white corporate structure I never wanted to be in debt to it because I, I, I don't, you know, I already have debts at the bank or whatever it might be. I don't, I don't need to go to a man and be like, Hey man, give me a million dollars for my music so I can shine and buy whatever I want. And, and you know what I mean? Like I would rather, I, I had the privilege to slowly build my life up. It was, you know, like I said, I'm blessed. Like, and, and I still struggle. There are moments where, money doesn't come in from music and I have to do other things or, you know, diversify what I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's a case by case basis, bro. You know? Well, no judgment, yeah. no judgment I, here. I, no judgment. Every, yeah. But I do feel it's kind of cruel how much money has kind of ruined art 
for a lot of people. I live in Los Angeles. I see a lot of actors, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers that are very desperate for the you know verified tick or just for followers or just because they, I mean, they just need to survive. Obviously, um, I wish it, there was a world where you can just survive <laughs> and make music. Uh, you know, I think there, the I think there will be. I think there will be, bro. I think. You know, it's like Uber generation. Like they, they, they get to work for themselves. Sure, it's under a, under a corporate structure, and that corporate structure takes less money than what the corporate structure that was a record label took. Right? Like I can record an album. I recorded "Meme Against the World" in quarantine when I came back from the states. I had to be in an apartment for two weeks. I had my mic and my sound card plugged to a, a widescreen TV, and I recorded on my own in an apartment. Yeah. And if you if you listen to the music, the quality is is the same. So right. the structure has changed now, right? So mm. I think over time in our kids' generation, um, they'll be able to do it. Wow, yeah, I truly believe it. And I think it is awesome that with the internet and stuff, one of the awesome things that just like us, we're able to connect with you, and you're able to connect with us, and we can hear your music and you know play your games and everything like that. So it is kind of awesome. I think the internet. Um, has looked to a lot of uh, making the world more fair. Way. Yeah. How 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 much did Assassin's Creed Origin make? A lot right? of money. <laughs> how much of... did I make? You know. <laughs> yes. How much did the guys that designed the characters make? <laughs> like. Yep. At yep. the end of the day, you you know it's a pyramid. So like, uh, I'm not saying I should get money off every play, but but there's no. There's there's no structure right now for royalties for anybody that works in that space. So like, it's got to change at some point. Creatives are gonna be like, "Fuck you! I make my own game. Like I don't need you." You know, like my son is eight and he's he can play Game Builder Garage and and build a game from scratch <laughs> on his on his Nintendo Switch. And, yeah. and and then that's something I couldn't imagine doing when I was eight. You know, I was playing eight bit Mario when I was eight. So like, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like it's basically becoming easier to mm -hmm. to create products, and whenever the market, so, okay, obviously when like a few years back, let's go ten years, fifteen years back when games were starting to develop and become you know really big with PlayStation Two, Play, PlayStation One, uh, there was it was a small market, so people couldn't just make games out of nowhere. But now the market is really big, like a lot of newer. Uh, there's a lot of, for example, indie games uh, and right. indie companies that come out, just make a game, and it's and they they make a, really successful games, um, either on the mobile, on the PC, on on whatever. And this is creating more opportunities for for anyone to like create a game with their friends or with any kind of small group that they're working with, and then they basically say fuck you to the major corporations and. Major corporations where are start are gonna start noticing a shift away from their video games, maybe because the because they just basically they they really burn out their employees. The developer, the yeah, yeah, of course, uh, of course. The, the software engineers, the people who are making the games themselves are they work endless yeah. hours, man. They yeah, and more and more people are going independent. Out. Yeah, and more and more people exactly. are going independent. When the means of production moves into the, I think that the technology is a gift and a curse. Like it's it's a it's a allowed us to elevate and speed up, but then it's also killing. It's also destroying our mental health and killing us and killing the planet. So like, 
everything is cyclical and and the means of production are moving back into the people's hands but eventually that's going to that's going to reverse on itself too so um yeah man i mean yeah i think it's I mean, look, i'm sitting in a mazda right now <laughs> I, a machine made this thing i bought it at a store like it's too right. late we're in the game so we're like in the game. just do what you do what you can you know yeah i think it's just a cycle where major companies create something and then eventually the people take it back yeah like and then they make it themselves and like basically the the major companies are like okay we have to work where we have to work with these smaller groups and like because like they might take the com- they might take the market from themselves and yeah. i feel like that's that happens with most products it's not only just video games it's like anything um you can see it in can we talk can we talk about our can we talk about r&b or something <laughs> i'm sorry yeah okay same concept the same concept applies for music as well <laughs> like like you were saying record labels mm. used to dominate the, the industry now they don't people can go independent they can work on their own they can mm. create their own shit because the people are taking back their products basically and then the p pe- and then these these people who once they become successful they create their own record labels I mean, you have a lot of major artists who they they created the the record labels themselves. So, and also when you were mentioning about the the record labels that are not supporting the communities, but these record labels are being run by artists themselves. So why aren't they doing it? Um, because we live in a in a we live in a capitalist structure bro it's 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 doggy dog it's it's everybody look out for themselves it's not ingrained in our you know it's not a, there are artists like an artist like little baby is doing it you know he's huge and he's on a record label but the things that he sent or a nipsey hustle alayhi hama or or uh, or a vic mensa like these guys are all community forward guys so like and these are just an or no name who is amazing or you know what i'm saying like so there's examples but but again the structure is so big it's hard to shift everybody's mentality out of out of the structure you know mm-hmm. and um what do you um what were your music inspirations uh growing up and um i mean so, so much bro like everything from uh um kathum to uh stevie wonder to michael jackson to uh you know uh I was to say like my biggest one would have to be Michael Jackson when I was a kid but then as I got into hip hop it was like Big Pun and Biggie and Pac and Lauren Hill and Nas and mm-hmm. uh Wu-Tang uh you know so so much so right. much music and um so when you try when you started making your own music how important was it for you to be original versus being part of this grander wave of music and hip hop. Did you want to be I mean a, I mean yeah. it was important for me to to just like represent our culture with with justice. That that was that was my mission like sonically and and lyrically I had to like I had to sift through all my lyrics to find my voice. And I I think I only did that maybe like maybe on World War 3 that was the first time where I was like clear as to who I was as a, as a as a MC but the more I go into music the the clearer the mission gets cuz you're in your head as a creative so like I'm more intentful with the words or with the sounds or with the with the the space that I leave between the things that I say now 
as opposed to before I was going a mile a minute, you know? Right. Um, right. Oh, all right. So, so yeah. All right. Well, we're kind of wrapping up on time here. Thank you so much, uh, Norty, for coming on the A2 show. Uh, Saeed, Aya, is uh, there anything else you want to say before you wrap up? Yeah, actually, yes. Aya has a question, but uh, the Aden is very strong on this, so it's, uh, she told me to ask it. Uh, <laughs> she was, we were going on the, she was going, she was asking about the point about where people lose their their origins. So isn't doesn't it apply here in the Arab culture as well? Like when they become, they reach a point where they're, it's they're you know way into the, into the game and they just forget about where their origins come, where they're from, and their origins. I mean, listen, we're a global we're a, we're a global people. Arabs are no longer concentrated just in the Arab world. Mm-hmm. You know, and our stories are so diverse now because of the way that we've moved around the world. So I think it's only fair for that representation to change. I can't speak for a, a young uh, Iraqi that came to America when he was 13 after experiencing 10 years of war. But I can speak to them and with them. But they have to they have to speak for themselves. And, mm-hmm. and like, so... I, I think what we have to learn to do as a people is to not repeat the mistakes that our our parents' generations made, which was to live in fear and shame yep. and, and guilt. Like we have to be very honest about who we are and and, and the diversity in, in, in our uh, identity is, is who we are now. So the world has done what it's done to our people what can we do culturally to bring a form of creative justice to that? Because we'll never have human justice to that. So I think that's it. I think we, we just got to be, we just got to be open, man. No more like, right. none of that. Like, this is who we are, khalas, you know? This is who we are. I'll, I'll wear whatever the fuck I want when I want to <laughs> wear it. You know what I mean? Right. Stop yeah. the fear, stop the shame, start, you know, love and acceptance and, um, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. The most international, most diverse uh, educational entertainment podcast. Check it out right here on A to the Show. Uh, we can find um, his music links in our bio. Is there anything else you want to shout out before we wrap up? Uh, shout out King Darius. Shout out, <laughs> shout, out, shout out Mesopotamia. Shout out Sumeria. Shout out all my people out in Iraq. A free Palestine until Palestine is free. One love free to all my people around the world. Peace. Yes, exactly. This is how we sign out and <laughs> peace. Thanks. Goodbye. Hey.